Today on the Bill Kelly Show on AM 900 CHML. Very much looking forward to talking to our next guest, though. As uh, we've mentioned, uh, Hamilton Comic Con is coming up this weekend at uh, the uh, Warplane Heritage Museum, of course, up by Hamilton International Airport. And uh, one of the honored guests, and a guy that I actually have always wanted to meet and talk to, is with us here in studio. Bronson Pichot, actor, a guest of honor. Welcome to, to Hamilton. Welcome to the show Thank today. you very much. Hamilton's adorable. Isn't it, though? It's adorable. I just want to go give it a big old hug. It's it's old fa- it looks like the town I grew up in. Really? Yeah. It looks like at South Pasadena, California. I must be about... Was were most of these buildings on the main streets put up in about the eighteen eighties and so? Yeah, yeah, we're we're about a hundred years old. Yeah, same like as my my yeah. hometown it looks just like it. One hundred and fifty or something like hundred more than that, like I guess it. now. But you were born in New York, though. I was born in New York, but I don't remember anything except that I don't remember anything about it except throwing up once. I remember throwing ah. up when I was about two, <laughs> <laughs> and that happens a lot in New York. So, <laughs> not that memorable, I guess, right? <laughs> Listen, I want to I want to talk about Perfect Strangers. I want to talk about the million movies that you made. But there's one thing I have been dying to ask you ever since the first time I saw Beverly Hills Cop, which I love. Great movie. Okay. Yeah. The scene where we meet you, we yeah. meet Serge as the yeah, character. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Uh, with Eddie Murphy when he comes in and and you guys start going back. Yeah. Was that ad libbed? Uh, yes, it was. I because I'm I'm watching this and I watched it again on YouTube this morning when I knew you were coming in. And I'm thinking, he was cracking up. I mean, you could see it, him holding back. It was a, entirely ad lib. The director was wonderful. See, in the script, the character was not foreign. And the, and the, and the whole scene was, had a different tenor. The scene was, in, in the script, the, the, the character was was like a kind of obviously effeminate. And Ed, Eddie's character was just kind of really beating on him in a way you would never see in, in today's movies. Just, just uh, 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 offensively, you know, kind of pounding on him. And they said, do you, do you want to come up with something? And I came up with uh, the character, which was based on a, an Israeli uh, a makeup lady I had on a previous movie. And the director said, oh, my God, I love it. Let's toss the script. Just make sure you offer him something to drink. Make sure you do. And then the playfulness that I brought out in the character and in him took away that. It, it, I mean, I feel that originally the scene was quite homophobic, really. I mean, he was just he was just. It was just being well, rude to him. Axel Rose was trying to be, but you were giving it right back to him. But it it, it, it created up a, a spirit of playfulness. That was fabulous. That that was really fun, and we did it. We improvised it. Uh, we must have done it thirty five times. And finally, Eddie said, "What? Why are we? What is?" And the director was giggling, and and then I forgot about it. And then uh, uh, they they wanted to do a music video of the Neutron Dance, which was the song from the yeah, movie. Yeah, from the and they sister, and they yeah. asked me to be in it. And the, uh, the 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 Pointer Sisters said to me, "Do you have any idea what's about to happen to you?" I said, "No, oh, uh, we're just." And they said, "You're it's going to make you famous." And I said, "What? How how could that be?" And they said, "Just it's going to make you famous, and just stay real and stay honest." That it was an amazing moment because I I didn't know what they were talking about, and then two two weeks later, it was true. Wow, incredible! Uh, I, it's one of those scenes where you didn't want it to end. Uh, and you could just see that he was—he didn't know what to say. He didn't know what to do, and he was playing off you. And and every time he came up with what I guess he thought was a zinger, you boom, Serge was right back at him. It was a lot of fun. I mean, it was a lot of fun. The only weird thing was that he was a big star and I was a nobody, and so he never talked to me directly in between takes. Oh, really? He spoke to me through his bodyguard. <laughs> now you and I right now are about three and a half feet apart. Yeah. He and I were about sixteen inches apart, yeah. maybe eight inches. He still talked to me through his bodyguard. <laughs> Yeah, through his bodyguard. That was a good take, the bodyguard would say. 
<laughs> that's just very, very, very weird. I mean, that's you know, I, but that not to be a Pollyanna, but uh, that had a big impact on me for the rest of my life. I have always um, made a point not 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 to pat myself on the back, but because of that experience, whoever is the most shy, lowest person on the totem pole on any set, I always me- reach out to them. Because I was a nobody, and all I needed to say was hi. Yeah. And, and he didn't say it. Was, even when he did say that was a good take, it was through bodyguard? Like, what is that? But you, so, did, you did the sequel, too, though. Did, did, by the was time there a we relationship did the sequ- by then? By then, he was... He was so depressed because he'd had a string of, of, of non-hits, yeah. also known as flops, and he was depressed. He was he was pleasant to me. He said hi, you know, and I uh, smiled, but then he, during our scene, he actually went and took a nap. So I did the scene with the director. Yeah. When I'm in the, whenever you don't see Eddie on screen in, in Cop 3, I'm talking to the director, John Landis. Wow. Yeah, middle-aged white guy Behind. standing in for, but you know, I, I felt for him. I mean, it's, it's. He was he was so sad. He just depressed. And if you've seen the movie, you know why. Yeah. <laughs> cop, th- cop three is not a you know it's not. But 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 he's a you know he's a sensitive man. I like him. I don't hold anything against him. I I it's hard. It's hard. When you do surge like that in character, yeah. Uh, and you mentioned this whole thing was ad libbed. I, I don't want to spend the whole segment talking about that. But I just I love the scene. When your employee comes over and you you tell him to do up his, his shirt, yeah. Him, but but uh, that's that's why it was such a fabulous scene because I guess the yeah, I guess the script said okay yeah you're supposed to send him off to go find the girlfriend right uh, there was and, nothing and there. you just made him you made him a prop I did but but it was he's a great guy great guy funny stuff uh, improv stuff like this you you're move though into show business. you know I just made my improv uh, my actual improv debut just a couple of months ago. Really? Yeah. A, a, an improv troupe from uh, Florida came to me and said, so you obviously you've done this uh, all your life, and you want uh, to come and, and be with us. I said, no, I've never done it. I've never done improv. And they said, how is that possible? Everything you do is improvisational. I said, well, I've never done improv. And they said, well, you've never done improv on a stage? I said, no. I, I'm never surprised. because Never it, done it. It seems so natural for you. Never done it. So they said, well, do you want to come and just dump, do you want to come and kind of like try it out? Or do you want to dump, jump in the deep end? I said, jump in the deep end. So we went. I did five sets with them. I was almost dead at the end of it, but it was great. Absolutely great. I mean, full on. I mean, the kind where the audience says, this is the color and this is the number. Do a funny scene with, yeah. the, uh, you know, teal 13. And I did it. I had a great time. I was dead at the end. <laughs> no, I was dead from the adrenaline and also at the time I, I had not been to the gym or was I was eating very unhealthily, so I was I had no stamina at all. But now I cleaned all that up. I've been. Do you want to do it again? Hell yeah, I'd do it every night if I could. Yeah. I mean, what 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 is there not to like for a person like me? The sky's the limit. You just take a little piece of 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 you know of info and go. That's how I'm going to be at the at the Hamilton Comic Con. Well, you know, I will not sit still and sign. I will sign people's bodies, breasts, buttocks, but I won't. I'm just, just <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. But I, I, I remember early in my career that there, there was a couple that came over and they looked perfectly nice and wholesome and I was like, I wasn't, I didn't know what humans were like. So uh, the guy says to me, would you sign my girlfriend's breasts and my butt? And I, I remember turning around <laughs> and saying to myself, uh, Toto? Not <laughs> <laughs> in Kansas. How do you say, like, what, how do you answer that? How do you go, no? 
Uh, no, I'll sign. No, I'll sign a piece of paper. I, I, I got. I got hip. Cool. I got hit, but I will be signing buttocks. Because uh, I mean, <laughs> see, we're, we're we're good uh, improv here. I mean, two of the best. I mean, Martin Short, yeah. uh, Eugene Levy, both yeah. went to high school right across the road here. They did. Yeah, both from Hamilton went to Westdale High School. I mean, they're both great guys. So there's something in the water, I guess. Uh, they're both fantastic guys. Yeah, fabulous stuff uh, that goes on. I'm, I I'm used surprised. to run into um, Mar- Marty at the gym all the time. He used to make me giggle and giggle and giggle. He's a really silly guy. Yeah. Yeah, he pops in. He's still got family here in town. And, yeah. and Eugene Levy's, uh, uh, well, a huge star now, obviously, with what's been going on, but a great role in the movies, too. Uh, how'd you get into TV, how'd that aspect of it? Because you kind of, by accident, got into show business. I know you were in a play at Yale. Uh, well, I was, and, in, and I was in many plays at Yale. I, I, I got into show business because uh, somebody saw me in a play at Yale and said, uh, to his teacher, he was a, he was a, a student of, of uh, composition, music composition, and you were and, a, you were in an arts program anyway. Yes, and he the, the teacher had said, "I'm writing incidental music for an off Broadway show, and the people coming into audition aren't funny." And this student, who I did not know, said, "I just saw a guy who was really funny," and the teacher said, "I'll get him an audition." And we were at, at Yale, so it's like two hours away, and I got an audition, and I went down, and they were like, oh, "What are we going to do with this kid with the funny teeth?" Because I had braces on. And I did an audition, and then the uh, casting director put me in a play, of all things, about Yale undergrads. And then the producers of Risky Business came to see that, put me in that. Did a couple movies, did Beverly Hills Cup. Then the producers of Perfect Strangers had pitched a show to ABC about uh, an immigrant. ABC said, that sounds interesting, but come back with the guy. Then they went to see the movie, and they, they wrote my name on their parking ticket. And they asked me, do you want to do a TV show? And, and I was, you know, I was 25. And I was on welfare. I've been on welfare all my life. I was on a bed covered with the old blankets all tied together with rope. And I said, yeah, yeah, I'd, I'd like to do a TV show. I didn't know what it was. And then I went off to Greece. I thought they were kidding. <laughs> and while I was in Greece, I heard this accent. I stayed in the mountains for I was going to say, how did, you, how did you develop the character? The, well, I was in the mountains of Greece because people were following me up and down the streets from from Beverly Hills Cop, and I did not know how to deal with that. I did not think that was cool. I mean, dr- in one case, drove up a car on the sidewalk to like hug me or take a picture, whatever they were doing, and I did not get that. I mean, it was it was too hot to handle. So I went to Greece and was there for weeks and weeks, and then uh, I ran out of money. So I called my manager. I said, "I'm in Greece. I don't have any money." He goes, "Those those guys really want to do that TV show." I said, "Yeah." I was in a. Uh, a phone booth in Omonia Square. He said, they still want to do the TV show, but I think it's a dorky idea. I said, no, no, let's do it. So I came back, and I had been up in the mountains for six weeks, and they said, so what kind of accent are you going to do? I said, I, I know exactly what I'm going to do. So I was just been listening to it for six weeks. Uh, the guy that ran a little hotel I stayed in, a little tiny ho- hotel, he used to sing pop songs with his accent, and he used to sing, like a virgin, thoughts for the very... F-. And so I sang that on the show. I sang that in one of the earliest shows. I thought it was so funny, like a virgin. <laughs> like a virgin. <laughs> how, did, how did you guys come up with the crazy dance you did? The, the it took us about six seconds. Yeah? Six seconds. I just said, Let's do, I'll do this, and, and he said, I'll do this. We always, we always read each other's minds, always, in a, in a way that f- actually frightened other people. I mean... I would say, I'd start to say, how about, I would start to say the sentence, how about if we like kick our legs like that? But I would say, ha, and then he would already be kicking his leg. 
And then he would look me in the eye and put his hands on my shoulders, and I knew that he was going to jump. And then I would jump. I mean, it was always, always like that. And it's still like that today. So when we do interviews together, um, we just laugh. Because the, the interviewer will try to ask a question, but I already know what he's going to say. So I start laughing at his response that he hasn't given. And then he laughs at the fact that I'm laughing. At him. It's just weird. We were always fated. But that show never would have lasted if you guys didn't have that kind of chemistry. No, because it wasn't. It wasn't really about much. <laughs> it was just about the the, the friendship, yeah. the chemistry, and the physical comedy, which we took very but you seriously. What eight years? I mean, that's like a lifetime. No, I was twenty five. Come on, I was older than eight. No, I mean yeah, the, no, the, no, the no, show. Kidding. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The show. <laughs> now I'm getting confused. <laughs> <laughs> That, that's a that's a that's a long run. It was a long run. We were on the soundstage where they shot the Munchkin Land sequences for The Wizard of Oz, which was very meaningful <laughs> to me because I love that movie. It's my favorite movie. Is it? Do you like The Wizard of Oz in Canada? Uh, uh, yeah, the, the the flying monkeys have always freaked me out. But other than well, that, mostly, I'm okay. They're mostly just puppets. They're mostly just puppets. When I was, it's a, okay. No, I don't. That's what my mother used to say too. Oh, did she? Yeah, but well, I, I'm getting over it now. Yeah, all right. I, I don't have to leave the room anymore when it's on at home, so I'm I'm I'm, I'm guess I'm okay with that stuff now. Uh, I got to ask you a couple other things. We only yeah, have very little time. Yeah, what? Uh, you're I I love your comedy. You're sensational. I know you're going to talk about that a lot up at Comic Con. How did you start getting into home renovations? I had always done it. I had always done it, uh, and I mean big ones. Yeah. Well, I I love I love I used to buy old house parts as artifacts. It's like a column or a door surrounder, just a big, big piece of molding, and I'd get it and lean it against the wall as an artifact. And that was step one. Then I bought an old house, and the doorway, the front doorway, was all eaten out by powder post beetles. And originally, I, when the, the carpenter told me, I thought he was saying powder puff beetles, like they were really <laughs> effeminate and, and vain, and like they died of you know just too much powder, but it's powder post beetles. And the doorway just fell to, to smithereens, and I had a doorway, um, that I had collected as an art piece, and I, I knew it was the same style, and I said, what if, what if we just tailor this down? So the carpenters tailored it down. It looked dynamite, absolutely dynamite. Of course it was dynamite. It was like taking an ear from a, a car victim, and, you know, a car crash, putting it on somebody else. So I started to do it that way, and then I just got good at it, and then the, the producers heard about it and said, could we do a show about it? I said, if I don't have to change anything, you're welcome to come up with a camera. I will not change anything. And, and and I'm just telling you right now. So they said, okay. And through to form, I came down one day in my pajamas and I got a great idea. I did the whole show in my pajamas. <laughs> I mean, like, what's the point of acting? You know, reality TV makes me sick because the, the word reality should be should be illegal. It's not real. No, They're all made up. It's all staged. I mean, so, I, I love watching the Property Brothers, but, I mean, you put these guys to shame. You built, you rebuilt a whole well, block. Well, see, the other thing is even those things. I and mean, Shark Tank, they don't even keep their deals with those people. They don't keep those deals. They say they're going to do a deal. They don't. They have a clause that says after they research you, they can drop you, and they always drop them. The people that sell houses, that's all trumped up. Everything is trumped up, and don't even get me started on that tr- verb. But, um, <laughs> no, so I just said, like, I'll, I'll do it. And they would say, we're um, – we need to finish this room, make it look photogenic. Let's borrow some antiques. I said, no. If you want to get them, I'll get them. Uh, well, you know, we don't have the budget. I said, then the room will stay bare. I'm not, I never faked anything on the show. They even asked me once, can't you pretend the weather's going to turn bad? I said, I, no. What's the point? <laughs> I wanted to keep it real. Of course, it got canceled, so maybe I should have. No, I don't believe, <laughs> I don't like fakery. And reality TV is an abomination 
It's all faked. Now, those American pickers, yeah, they really walk into rooms and find, no, 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 no. It's all planted. <laughs> you, you're just blowing the whole industry up right now. But you want to continue this oh, conversation. They say, say you, you could do talk radio now. Huh? You, you're just about as cynical as you need to be to do this <laughs> on a daily basis. Well, what's the point? I mean, look at the bozo I've got as a president. And I, I want to come up here and just hide. You're, uh, you're, you're welcome to stay. I mean, I I love it up here, but I mean, seriously, we've got a we've got a reality bozo on, uh, you know, at the podium up there. What what is it all about? I don't know anymore. It's just sad. I just what do you eat in Canada, by the way? Hmm? What do you eat in Canada? Eat? Yeah, like oh, what do you have for breakfast? Well, bacon, of course. Really, just that's it on a plate. Pretty much, yeah, bacon for breakfast, yeah. And what else? Um, well, later in the day, um, well, no, we're into organic stuff up here. You are? Oh, sure. Well, I'm into, into organic stuff. I just lost 35 pounds on a big organic diet because yep. I was so heavy and out of shape. Yeah. We can tell you where to get that stuff. We're out of time. Uh, We're not out of time. We are. We're going to roll over. What do you got next? What we, do you got to talk about? We, we are. We're, well, I'm going to I'm going to talk about tech stuff. I got to I got to play commercials because I mean, commercials. We, we've got to we've got to pay the bills. Pay the bills. Here, yeah. Right? yeah. Pay yeah, the yeah. bills. <laughs> even come on. Even perfect strangers had to break for commercials uh, once in a while. Yeah. Yeah, but all that stuff. What all this? What did we even sell then? Hair products. We had such Friday big night hair. on ABC. What were you selling? I don't remember. <laughs> I I, I, did, I used to get up and go to the bathroom. Did you ever watch the show? Yeah, once. <laughs> I don't watch myself, but I would watch the tapes. No, I'd watch yeah. the tapes when they came. In. Remember, remember tapes? Yeah. But uh, yeah, no, I watched it because I wanted to see what how they cut it and then I'd get upset but oh yeah I, I'm less of a perfectionist now I was high strung it's great stuff uh, Bronson thanks so much for coming thanks in today thanks for having me uh, Comic Con is going on at the Warplane Heritage Museum Saturday and Sunday tickets available at the door um, I don't get any of the door by the way no? so just keep buying them and come in Okay, that's what. Okay, and he he, uh, uh, you you know what he's not going to sign, but you can talk to him. No, about no I will sign buttocks though. I will oh, sign you, okay. if it's if it's well if it's if there's good hygiene. <laughs> there'll be you know, there'll be a questionnaire you'll have to fill out first, and if you pass it, then you'll do it. Thanks, thanks so much. Great talking to you. Thank you. The Bill Kelly Show weekdays from nine to noon on AM nine hundred CHML.